Um, I would like to open up um, a conversation because what we share in common, Mariana, as we both know, is we had like multiple epiphanies through meeting the model from Ken Wilbur. And I'm curious from like the first encounters and the sparkles of you trying to apply that model within your life, but now with the focus on investing, what were the things that were like flowing easily? So kind of in your biography and you come up with a new model and what were the things you were wrestling with, especially from an investing um, perspective? And again, I wanna um, highlight my interest in like the model is one thing, but then applying it, you know, it's always like testing, iterating, failing, um, and, and, and reapplying. So I'm curious on, on, on your various learnings and the cycles with, within you trying to implement that within investing. Yeah, that sounds, it's a very simple question uh, with an extremely convoluted answer. So I think we need to go back to, there is no simple answer to what you just asked. And it all goes back to our individual understanding of who we are on this planet and why we are here. So Ken Wilber is a philosopher and everybody else who wants to turn him into something else <laughs> fails. So he is an extremely, he's one of the smartest people on this planet today and uh, is a philosopher. So it's very, very complex. What so, and I, the moment I discovered his uh, philosophy, I decided to go back and uh, really, really study it. Uh, so I got my PhD in, uh, in transpersonal psychology. Uh, at the Institute for Transpersonal Psychology in Palo Alto, which was founded by um, Harvard, some Harvard uh, professors who were in the field of um, Richard Alpert and uh, Ram Dass and so on. So they went west and started the Institute. And so I spent six years uh, really, really studying that in depth. Um, why? Because if we really want to use anything and everything, if we want to save ourselves, because humanity's future is at stake currently, it's just as simple as that. And if we want to really contribute with our little, whatever we have to offer to make the world a better place, we need to understand the bigger picture and then see how our little contribution can contribute to that. And if everyone and anyone does it, then we have hopes to really ensure the existence of consciousness on this planet because life was, uh, evolution created the universe in 13.8 billion years. Life came onto the planet like a billion years ago and we are about to create it to make it extinct. So the question is us conscious beings looking at what's actually happening. How can we really be informed and have the wisdom to come up with the right solutions and that's a very 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 complex topic so to make it simple and that's there is no simple answer is 
each and every one of us have to begin to realize that we are part of evolution. And, and when you look at yourself, you spend a third of your day sleeping, inner life, and two thirds of the day looking on the outside, what we call reality. And we, if we want to see, to come up with better solutions than the ones that we currently have, that are not working, we need to begin to ask ourselves, what is that reality? And I am a scientist. I've studied physics and math. The reality that we see on the outside is not, is like playing a video game where you have those AR goggles and the moment you put it down and go to the bathroom, you're no longer in the game. But that's exactly how we perceive. We take this reality as the reality, but it's not. And we need to understand that the way we have used your mind in this world is not conducive to creating a better world because it's currently creating destruction. So what are better ways? What is an evolutionary, what is our consciousness evolution? Let me put it a different way. If we want to save ourselves, we need to come up from a different level of consciousness than the one that we currently have. And evolution, scientists tell us, individual evolution occurs from egocentric to ethnocentric, like my tribe, and my country to world-centric and then universe spirit-centric. Now, what we're doing is currently acting from an egocentric, ethnocentric level of consciousness, which leads to the current destruction. So if you're asking me how we're using capital to make a better world, that cannot be issued from the same egocentric or ethnocentric we see Russia, for instance, that's ethnocentric level of consciousness because that creates more destruction. So when I invest, I invest in people who have this higher, later level of consciousness, at least world-centric level of consciousness, because I know it's not about them or their tribe. They really care. So the money is well invested into... Um, into really saving the future of life and ensuring the future of life. So can I, can I tie into yeah, that? Please. Because, because I got really curious when you were mentioning, you were saying when I'm investing in people, and this is like, um, I get really interested because obviously you're investing in companies that are led by people that have business models, that have like products and services. So, um, I wonder if it's a good time also in, in our encounter today to sketch a, a couple of examples um, where, and I don't mind like which, where ideally the business model from an integral lens makes a contribution in these, let's say, very indefinitely in, in dire times where we, where we need business models that create a segue towards us as a species um, living in harmony with the planet 
and regenerating the harm we inflicted on the mother organism. And I want you to especially, maybe it's good as a story because I know when you're searching and embedding and you're doing the due diligence process. So I'm curious how you tie the, the business model to, to, the, to the people. Um, and ideally, um, you, you could explain why you're doing this. And also from, a, from an investment perspective, why this ultimately also pays off. Yeah, I understand. People want a quick solution. Um, and uh, so let me go back. Uh, you mentioned I'm investing in companies. Of course, companies do not exist. A company is a construct. Yes, we do have legal structures and so on, but it's a construct. It's made by people. And uh, our company construct and our financial models today are not conducive to ensuring the future of life. Why? Because the only measurement criterion for success is one metric, and that metric is money. Money only at the expense of everything else. So if you then say, oh, I want to change that. Of course, integral investing needs to, wants to contribute so that we change the, a system that is no longer, uh, it doesn't, it, it helped us fly to the moon. It helped us create computers uh, and technology so that we could have this conversation remotely and see each other and hear each other, which is wonderful, but is not sustainable. So what is a better model? And of course, using, the aqua lens helped me see what, what could be the next step. And it's not a simple one. Why? Because we're working against existing structures and those structures, there are a lot of people who don't understand the bigger pictures and don't, you know, don't bother to understand, but it is important. That's why if we're talking and having a conversation about the future of life, and investing and how that can contribute, we need to really go top down and bottom up all the time at the same time. So today, entrepreneurs today, when they start a company, they have to make a decision because of the structures that we have. Do I start a not-for-profit, which is presumably good, right? They pretend to be better than others or a for-profit organization that is doomed for profit is bad because of what we've done with the money. And of course, that's a dilemma. <laughs> it's stupid. So the system in itself is stupid. So if I invest, I need to bypass these stupid structures by helping work around them because I still get measured by financial, you know, IRS and all these finansamt and all the others, they still want the bottom line, right? So how do I navigate that? Because I want, I need to change the system, you know, make a little contribution, create a better company until the bigger system changes, you know, because governments change, you know, legislate and come up with new, ideas, new, 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 better structures, which are being forced now by nature. So from an integral perspective, in order to bypass that, I say, well, a not-for-profit, so I, I need to look at the people. 
do people understand the stupidity between for-profit, not-for-profit? Do they understand that they have to open up their minds to, first of all, they need financial sustainability. Somebody is paying the bill for us. You know, we use electricity. We need to buy a computer in order to have this conversation. We need to buy a microphone. Uh, you know, we are having an internet, da, da, da. Everyone has to, we have a home, we have to pay rent. So money is as good as what we do with it. So it's a priori is neutral, right? So they need to understand they need to be financially sustainable. In the beginning, they won't, of course, but having a not-for-profit thing is not better than having a for-profit organization, right? For, for many reasons that I already mentioned. So people, <laughs> the people that I'm investing into need to have this understanding, right? So the, the due diligence process goes through that. So they have to have a business plan, uh, have a plan to become um, financially sustainable, to have a, you know, integrally sustainable, do good for the planet and do good for themselves and for the people. And of course, how do you do that? I mean, people before they, uh, you know, when they seek money, they would promise everything and the moon, you know, yeah, until they get it and then they do with it whatever they can. So by setting up at a, later stage of consciousness. Cognitively, they have to understand what's actually going on. They have to have a business plan so that they can turn their idea into something that works. Let me give you an example. 30% of the CO2 emissions worldwide come from construction. Um, it's cement, it's steel, it's aluminum, all the construction materials that are being used, they, of course, produce CO2. So if we, and not if, we must become carbon neutral by 2050, if we want to survive. And this is just carbon neutral, the emanation of what we are emitting, um, but we still have a lot of CO2 that is already being emitted so that we need to sequester, right? So let's not talk about this. So as an investor and as a computer scientist, I am trying to see how can I contribute, right? With everything that I know and all the blessings that I've been given. So we looked at, um, and the digitalization is occurring. See, uh, COVID showed us how important it is uh, if we want to save ourselves, less trouble and so on. So digitalization. So data centers are needed in order to provide the, the the computing power the needed to, to provide all this, to have all these services. So that means you're building buildings in which there are data centers, computers emitting warmth and, and so on. So if I can find a technology that helps me reduce the CO2 emissions of data centers, that would be amazing. So I came, we came across, um, a technology that cools with water instead of air. Most data centers are cooled with air. But you know that you know air has to flow a lot. And we see if you open the window, it's not as cool than if you have a, a wall where water flows. Uh, 
So we came across this technology and we thought, wow, this is a, an amazing contribution because you need, if you cool with uh, water, you need 50% less construction materials. You need, um, you know, entire across the board. You need uh, less energy. It's all the maintenance over the, uh, and you pr produce less CO2 emissions uh, for, uh, you know, you don't produce what is called in investing stranded assets. So a building that in 30 years from now or 20 years from now has to be torn down and, you know, and so on. I don't need to go into the details. So that was a worthwhile investment for us. So we could combine technology with water cooling with, you know, construction and in a way that has a huge impact. And we just exited that. It took us six years. And uh, we use this integral model um, in, uh, in how we chose the, invest the investees. We, uh, I was a co-founder myself. We were co-founders also. And we just exited that. And the financial return of this has been extraordinary, but across the board, we have uh, returns of multiples, of seven multiples of the initial investment. And the same is true for the uh, internal rate of return that in this case was 57%. So across the board, everything um, benefits if you come in with, with, uh, you know, with a more integrated way of looking at things. Does this example, it's, it's called NDC data centers that were just uh, exited a couple of weeks ago.